Welcome to the Seven Hills Church Podcast with Marcus Mika. We're excited you're here listening as Pastor Marcus is about to bring an incredible teaching that is sure to inspire, motivate, and lift you up. You can visit us on our website at sevenhillschurch.tv or download our free Seven Hills Church app to watch or listen to more exclusive content. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed the message. Bible turn to Exodus chapter 35. We've already gone so long. I, I commit to be brief, to be brief. How many of y'all believe I can do that? How many of y'all? That's what, yeah. Thank you. I'm just going to go ahead and preach on hell then. Just, just for that reaction. It's just going to hell, fire, and brimstone. Going to let you feel the heat this morning. Come on. Feel some heat. Exodus chapter 35. And Let's look at verse 30. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord is called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom, understanding and knowledge and all manner of workmanship. Isn't it interesting that we think that God fills us with the spirit, the Holy Spirit, so we can have like some pseudo spiritual experience. Some, we think it's like a goosebump or just something happens when you hear a, an anointed song or an anointed sermon. But the Bible says when God fills you with your spirit, with his spirit, it's for wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and all manner of workmanship. In other words, God does not fill us with his spirit so we can have church. God fills us with the Holy Spirit so we can make a difference in life. In all manners of workmanship, all manners. I looked up the word all in the Hebrew. You know what it means? All. That means whatever you're doing, God fills you with his spirit to make a difference in those areas of your life. Now, it mentioned a guy by the name of Bazel. Now, if you know anything about the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus begins with the children of Israel coming out of, of Egypt, 400 years of being enslaved. And Moses is the primary voice. He's the primary leader. They come out of Egypt. Of course, they're in the wilderness for about 40 years. And in the wilderness, you read all through Exodus, things like how the manna is there every single day. You get to read about things like the water coming out of a rock. You read about Moses going up Mount Sinai and God with his finger writing the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. And begins to show his people how he wants them to live. You begin to see things like the Red Sea parting and the Egyptian army being swallowed up. You read about things like the feast being implemented. The feast represent the events that God brought them out of Egypt. So Passover, for example, these feasts were designed to remind the children of Israel of past things. You read about things like organizational structures. Jethro came to Moses and said, Moses, the way you're leading isn't wise and you need to break things down, you need to delegate things, you have to entrust other people to handle certain things. All of this happens in the book of, of Exodus. For 35 chapters, you primarily read about the leadership of Moses. When you get to the last five chapters, you read about this new individual being introduced by the name of Bazel. And a lot of people overlook him, but he was the one that would come in and design uh, in great detail the tabernacle. And the tabernacle would last for 1,200 years, for 1,200 years until Jesus 
the tabernacle was the place that people would go and worship. And the tabernacle was unique. And these are all the things that Bazel designed. He designed um, the furniture that would go in the tabernacle. If you continue to read there, you would hear about the great details of the different types of fabric, the colors of the fabric, the way the fabric would be uh, sewn together. You read about the different types of wood, the acacia wood and the gopher wood. You read about even the way that the Ark of the Covenant would be designed, how it would be overlaid with gold. Uh, You read about where jewels would go and all this great description is given to how the tabernacle would work. And inside the tabernacle, you had pieces of furniture. And so the high priest, once a year, he would come into the, the inner court and he would go buy these pieces of furniture, the table of showbread. They had the, the menorah that he would light. And he would go buy all these pieces of furniture. He would go to the altar and then he would make a sacrifice. That sacrifice was for the sins of the people. And this is what he would do every year. And then he would go to, in, in chapter 38, verse 8, it talks about the brazen laver, which is a big bowl with water in it. And he would go and he would wash his hands that had the blood from the sacrifice on his hands. He would wash his hands in that water. And so as you could imagine, the, the clear water would turn a, a blood-like color because of the blood that was on his hands. And, and then he would go from there into the presence of God, he would come out of the presence of God and he would announce, he would, he would declare over the people of God that God had accepted the sacrifice, he had forgiven their sin, that it would be another year of God's favor, it would be another year of God's blessing. He would announce that, that God is still in covenant with them, this is going to be a year of, of his blessing on their life, that they're his sons and his daughters and this would happen every year. So I want you to think about this with me real quick. Because the last piece of furniture he would go to would be this brazen laver, this big bowl with water, and then the blood would be mixed in the water. This would be the final step that he would take, the final piece of furniture that he would encounter before he went into the presence of God and before he would come out and announce over people what God had spoken over them for a new year. Now, We know a little bit about this piece of furniture, and I just want to talk about this one piece of furniture and we're out. The way that this piece of furniture was made was they gave instructions that every single household in every single tribe in Israel were to bring their family mirror. Every family had a mirror. This is not like we live today, you go to Walgreens and buy a new mirror. This is, every family had a mirror. A mirror was, they only had one. This is the family mirror. And everybody used this mirror. And so they took up a mirror offering. Who's ever heard of such a thing? And so every family would grab their family mirror and they brought it to Moses. They laid those mirrors at the altar and every family brought their mirror. If you look at a mirror, like I look at a mirror, normally I'm looking at my flaws. I look at the wrinkles that keep coming in stronger. Come on. And every family has flaws. Every family has issues. Every family has a past. Every individual has a history. And a lot of times that's what people come into church with that image of themselves. They come into the purposes of God with that being the image of how they see themselves. There's families with a history of abuse, families with a history of violence, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, families with 
a history of, of loss. Families that have lost children. Families that have lost loved ones. There's families that have gone through breakups. There's blended families. Families that are dealing with hurt and pain. There's families that are struggling to overcome uh, betrayal and adultery. And those families, and most of the time, these families, they look in those mirrors. Even many of us have successes and wins in our life and ways that God has blessed us. And you have a family image. You have an, an image of yourself. And God made very clear instructions that every family is to bring their mirror. Bring your mirror. And they all brought their mirror. And Moses and Bazel break the mirrors. They crush the mirrors. They crushed those images that people have of themselves. They crushed and broke those images that people had of their families. And then they melted those mirrors down into a massive bowl called the brazen labor. All the family's mirrors made up this final piece of furniture in the tabernacle. This final place that the high priest would come once a year and he would wash his hands from the sacrifice. And so they put in this massive bowl, or really this, this corporate mirror, if you will, they put water in there, they filled it with water, and then when the priest would wash his hands, it would be mixed with blood. So inside of this bowl, when the priest would look at the reflection, he's no longer looking at the mirrors that they brought alone, he's now looking through the water and the blood. He's looking through the water, which we know is the word of God. He's looking through the water, which we know is the Spirit of God, that in your belly shall flow rivers, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then, of course, the blood that represents the sacrifice of Jesus. This is the key. The high priest every year was not to go out and to declare to people the image that they have of themselves, the image that they had of their lives. He's not to go remind them of their history and their past. Why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that condemnation, the message Bible describes condemnation like this massive black cloud that covers people and it covers families. And, and so the, the high priest, God instructed him, I don't want you to go out there and declare over them the image that they have, the perception that they have, the idea that they have of themselves. No, instead, I want you to look through the water of my word. I want you to look through the power and the anointing of my spirit. And I want you to look through the blood that Jesus sacrificed. And I want you to take that image and I want you to walk out and declare to them what my image is of them. In other words, God was saying, trade your image of yourself into into." in exchange for the image that I have of you. So what do we need to do to be the kind of people that God's called us to be? We need to have a mirror offering. Bring your ideas, your ideas of addiction. That's how you see yourself. That's how you see your family. It got your grandma, it got your mom, and it got you. You need to see the image of your family's been broken and destroyed and ripped apart by divorce and ripped apart by hurt, ripped apart by, by, by all kinds of things, fear, maybe poverty has had a hold of you. You've got to exchange that mirror and let God come and declare his image over your life. You've got to look at yourself 
through the water of his word, the power of his spirit, and the blood of Jesus. And when you look at yourself like that, you know what you hear? That you are more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You know what you hear? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Not through your own might, not through your own image, but you can through his image of you do things that you never dreamed or imagined if you'll look at yourself through the image that he has of you. When I think about what this means to us, you know, we have this vision weekend. How does a church accomplish great things? Is it people that are great outside of this place coming together? Your greatness is out there. Your greatness is what you accomplish. In life. And because we have a bunch of great people, that's what makes a great church. It's not what makes a great church. What makes a great church is a bunch of people willing to bring their mirrors in. And let God break them. What makes a great church is people deciding to say, you know what, I'm going to quit trusting my self-image, the image I've given myself or others have given me and I'm going to lay that down and let God begin to speak to me about the image that he has of me. I'm going to look into his word and let the mirror of his word, it's what the Bible calls the scriptures, it's a mirror. It's a, you got to look into the mirror of his word and say, what does God say about me? And if corporately we'll do those things, we'll continue to corporately have access to the presence of God will continue to corporately come out of the presence of God and begin to declare over one another and each other the, not the image that we have of people, but the image that God has, what he says about people, which is really what makes the difference. What really makes the difference in my life is not what you think about me. Come on, it's not what my past wants to say about me. It's not what my mistakes want to declare over my life. It's not what my family background wants to speak over my life. What really should have the final say is what does God say? What does his word say? What is the Holy Spirit saying? And I need to see myself through the water and the blood. And if I'll see myself through that, you know what? I'll see myself as forgiven. I'll see myself as a brand new person. I'll see myself as the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'll see myself as a child of God, a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I'll see myself as someone because of His presence in my life that can go and take on any giant, any mountain. And that's what makes a church great is when they get their corporate image from what God says, not what their family or their past says in Jesus' name. Can you stand up on your feet and give the Word of God a good hand clap? I hope that was okay. I did that in 14 minutes. Is that 14 minutes? I don't know. Was it 20 minutes? Man, I feel, I'm so proud of myself. Y'all doubted me, hated me. I brought it. 14 minutes. Don't be so serious. Relax. I'm just teasing you. Your life would go a lot better if you wouldn't be so uptight. Come on. Look at the person next to you and say, relax. It's good things. These are good days. These are great days. These are glorious days. Come on. We're going to get our image from our creator. We're going to get our image from the word that he's given us and the blood that he shed for us. Come on. In Jesus name. Hey, we love you so much. You're the best I know.